0: Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest on the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, so today I have Nate Ritter on the line, and he is co-founder of Room Steals. Nate, welcome to the show.
1: Adam, so good to be here. Thank you.
0: All right, Nate. So when I got this uh, this topic, and when I when I when I was uh, told that we're going to be working together today, I got excited. And I'll tell you, obviously, I, I do lots of interviews, and I like doing these on, on behalf of learning for my audience. But I'm a traveler too, obviously. And when you and with some of the savings that um, that your clients are getting through um, room steals, um, up to ninety percent off their hotel room rates, like I got excited because I, I like getting discounts too. So I'm in, and I can't wait to learn more about your platform and how you're doing this. But before we get into that, um, we're going to start this episode the way that we start them all with our Mission Matters Minute. So Nate, we at Mission Matters amplify stories for entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. That's our mission. Nate, what mission matters to you?
1: Uh, my mission, uh, and I'm going I'm to go about this kind of a, from a personal angle. My personal mission uh, really has to do with um, enabling people um, to have independence, uh, to have growth, both personally and professionally, um, and to do all of that with the utmost amount of respect as possible. Um, that's, those are kind of my three pieces of the puzzle. And then I apply all of that towards uh, business as well. So that goes with like creating kind of win-win scenarios and, and all of that. So uh, allowing people and giving as much value to people as I possibly can. And it values such a interesting term. A lot of people use this in in kind of a vague way but I have a very pretty specific definition (laughs) if we can get into if we want to but um but it's it's really just for me it's about making sure that that I add value that my family adds value that my kids that we all contribute to society and allow people to um, to grow with uh, in a healthy way with respect and and gain kind of independence as best as possible
0: awesome uh, love bringing on uh, mission based entrepreneurs and individuals on the line to share you know why they do what they do like their ethics behind it and their mission so great having you on and uh, I guess just to get us started here, um, how did you get started in the travel space space like what was your story how did you get attracted to this
1: yeah it 's interesting my my history uh, you know I, I, like most, we all kind of do leisure travel at least um, and, I, you know, I was able to do some business travel as well here and there, but a lot of the time, uh, you know, most of the travel space is all just kind of done for leisure, for vacations and things like that. And so um, so that was kind of the beginning, but really in terms of working at it, it was kind of a failure story more than it was a success story. Um, I had an agency, a web development agency that we used to run, uh, and we ran it for about 10 years in San Diego. And... Uh, we decided one day, uh, just kind of being burnt out with running for trying to find the next check and, and really trying to run the agency route, it's a very difficult um, kind of business to run, uh, that we we decided to kind of close the, the service side of those doors, and, and I went out and got a job, and the first um, job that I really appealed to me was in the travel industry, and, and having done kind of the travel hacking pieces, I was interested in uh, kind of like the the deeper darker corners of the travel industry and I started building uh, platforms and i 'm an engineer by trade and so uh, I applied that to this uh, position and started building um, big platforms for uh, companies uh, startups and and other companies trying to help them with their uh, mostly it was a hotel brokerage uh, type of businesses and um, and that 's kind of where it all began I, I got into group tra- based travel and business travel and then uh, eventually I went to work for a broker who was doing more events, uh, and then eventually was asked to become the CTO of a company um, who uh, we we partnered with Formula One, and um, we were doing uh, their uh, hospitality, a lot of their hospitality and or facilitating and helping uh, their internal groups do uh, technology. Uh, apply technology to their hospitality piece of their business so that was really fun uh, but that was that's kind of the the path that I took to get into the travel business um, which is interesting and I found a lot of um, nooks and crannies in the in the hotel industry in the travel industry that I never thought I would ever that, that had ever worked this way So that was that was the beginning
0: man I I love your story and I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of our, our of our audience that are listening to this, maybe they have similar stories where they thought they were doing one thing, then a zig or a zag happens. So, I mean, I was in finance for almost 14 years before I got into media, and that was just off of launching a book. And then we had a little podcast at the time. And, you know, years later, five, I, I mean, obviously, I closed that practice down, couldn't do both. And, um, and I think about it is when I started digging into media and all of those things, and I just found it so fascinating and interesting when I figured out how it really worked, I'm like, oh man, I kind of saw my spot in the market where I could provide value, even though I never thought in a million years. I mean if you tell me was I gonna be a podcaster or host shows or this or that, I'd be like, yeah, right. I didn't even know what a podcast worked I don't even think podcasts were around when I graduated college, but maybe they were. I didn't know what they were. Um, but I see your story and I know a lot of other people that are listening to this are in similar um, kind of situations. If you could talk to maybe let's say the next group of I don't even know if this is a word it probably of travelpreneurs. If you could talk to the next group of travelpreneurs coming up um, and, you know, obviously with the benefit of hindsight and, you know, running your business, like what kind of things would you tell them um, on their way up to, you know, the ladder of success?
1: Man, that is a good question. Um, I don't know, you know, I still feel a little bit of a... uh, uh, kind of imposter syndrome being the travel business because business, I've only been here for seven years, but I talk to people all the time that have been doing it for fifteen, twenty, you know, their whole life, um, yeah, thirty years. Yeah. But I, I think the thing for me, and I, I think this applies to just about everything, and not just to travel, but I think it's really just about continuing to learn. Um If you're stagnant in any industry, it's it, you know you, you're going to be you're never going to continue to grow, and I think that's. At least from an entrepreneurial point of view, growth is everything and, and not just growth for, for, you know, at any rate for any cost, but growth intentionally and, um, and looking at it more like stacking bricks, more like, uh, leveraging things. So, you know, learning something in the travel business, if you learn something, uh, the way I have kind of applied this is, and I've been applying this even this, this last week is I'm constantly interviewing the people that I'm working with. And so I'm interviewing vendors and interviewing customers and interviewing all kinds of people that are in the space, asking them questions and just genuinely being curious about how it all works. And the more I learn, the more I understand where I can leverage my strengths and what I do and the team that I have into that space to actually make, make kind of an impact. And I think that's not just a travel thing. I think that's everywhere. I think, um, as we all know, kind of tra- uh, a lot of times travel can be niche, and so you can look at a very specific ge- geographic location and specify that is your location. That's where you're strong in, and you should own it, right? You should know that space and own it, and be very, very good at at, at providing um, providing value there, and making sure that that people are are um, getting what they need out of, out of your services for that area. So, But that means that you just constantly have to evolve and constantly have to learn. And that might mean you branch from, you know, hotels to, you know, service in some other area or um, maybe, you know, recommending restaurants as a concierge or those kinds of things for foodies. I mean, there's so many different avenues to take, um, whether it be from, you know, events and concerts and uh, motorsports or, or whatever it might be. I think as you learn... A, what you like and B, what, you know, what, you'll find these pieces and these nuggets that, that nobody else seems to understand quite as well as you do. And for some reason you get it and then just double down on it. Like if that, if what I, here's how I apply that it every so often, every year or two, I ask my closest friends and colleagues and I say, what is it that I'm the best in your world at? And not the world, because I'm not the best in the world, probably at anything, but the best in their world. And I think that that gives you that idea as to what your strength is within your ecosystem and then double down on it. And that to me is, is when you're leveraging your strengths and you're, you're learning what these people see in you and your perception and their perception of you, when you can continue to foster growth in that area, um, it's amazing what starts to come of that and how much you enjoy you're you know what you're doing um even more so than you probably did before so it's it's fascinating to see what other people think um uh, from a different perspective too I never would have guessed that some of the things that some of the people had told me were my were i would that was my strength for them um that that was that's not what I felt at the time and and the more I looked into it, the more I was like, actually, I kind of like that area, and I'm just going to keep going but if you're not curious and you're not inquisitive about it and you don't you know, look for growth in, in those opportunities and it, it just simply won't come and you won't dig when you need a jag You know, as you said.
0: Awesome. Um, love it, and uh, and uh, I, love, I ha- had to go off on a tangent there. I know everybody's listening. Like Adam, I thought you said we were going to learn how to save money. <laughs> okay, you're going to, but come on, I got it. Like this guy's awesome. We got to get the we got to get the real story. This is more than just a product of saving money. Like for the entrepreneurs out there listening, like entrepreneurs support entrepreneurs, man. So get with it. Yeah. So all right, let's get in. Let's get into the money part of it. So room steals. Tell me about the platform.
1: Yeah, okay, so let me, if you don't mind, I'd love to tell you a little bit about the history of it because this yeah, is the thing. So, so I've been out travel hacking for 10, 15 years. And by travel hacking, I mean like doing the whole, like in the United States, we can take out credit cards, get the bonus points, you know, do all that kind of stuff, look for loopholes in, in all of the different arrangements that are out there. Um, we've done couch surfing, we've done renting our stuff on Airbnb, we've, we've, um, found new VRBO type platforms that will give you points just simply for listing your home and you don't actually have to ever let anybody rent it. Like we've done all of those things. Um, and so for, for 10 years, my wife and I, we would travel both domestically and internationally and we never paid for a flight or hotel because we had done all of these point hacking type of things. Wow. And that was, so it was super fun. And Obviously, like when we learned about it, we were like, I'm in, let's do this. It's going to be crazy. And it was, it was, and it's been really good. But when I found, when I started working in the travel industry, as I mentioned, and started working in this group booking and some of these other places, this is where I found an inventory source of hotels that I never expected to see. And the deals were sometimes on occasion were so crazy. And I was like, I, my points, I would never Pay, use my points to buy uh, that hotel room because I would be devaluing the points like 10 times. Like it would make no sense for me to use my points. I would just pay dollars because it's that cheap. And so when I saw that, I started asking questions because I know there's lots of restrictions in the industry about these hotel rooms. And so I said, well, you know, who can book these and how does somebody get access to it? And and the answers kept coming back. Well, anybody can really book it as long as you're a part of a group. And I said, well, what does that mean? And so we kind of defined that and we kept going around and around. And eventually I said, well, there's an idea here. Like there's a business model here. And I, I mentioned this to my boss at the time. And I said, like, we should go do this. And and he's like, nah, that'll never work. And I said, well, I want to go do that. And he's like, okay, mm-hmm. have at it. And so we signed a couple pieces of paper that said I could go do it on my own. And, and you know, here we go. And so that's where RoomSteel started. And so... The platform, what it is, is it takes the wholesale rate that is available to those people within, inside of a group and allows you to book that wholesale rate that hotels put out there on these other channels. And we just put, make that visible to the user. And so the really, really the only restriction is we can't publicize these rates. And that's industry rules. It's not our rules. We didn't make it up for our business model or anything like that. It's just part of the industry. And so because we can't publicize those rates we have to have somebody log in and so what we did is we made it a social login and we said well just use your google account and then as soon as we know who you, who you are we can show you all the rates and then because the rates are so cheap i was like well i don't want to take that away from the consumer if i was a consumer i'd want to pay the cheap version so what we did is we just wrapped it in a membership fee so we're kind of like costco for hotels that's the way i explain it so yeah
0: And so, okay, so let's fast forward a bit. So you have this, you have this idea, you create it, you start to deliver, you know, for your clients. Like, what was the response on this? (laughs) It was... um Cause it's I, new. I feel, I'm like, I can't wait. I already, while we were talking, <laughs> I've texted three people already and sent them a link, like, "Hey, you got?" I gonna uh, literally, I'm interviewing this guy right now. Um, If we we're doing the video interview, I'd show you my phone. I'm put. I'm interviewing this guy right now. This is interesting. Let uh, I think we got. I think we got a score on some hotel rates. <laughs> literally, I already texted three people. dot Com. Um, yeah. So, like, what was the response?
1: Yeah, it, you know, it was interesting. I think we went through a few different um evolutions of the business model. And the funny thing is, is that the first time we put it out there, we put it out there at a dollar ninety nine a month. And there were some problems with doing that, but the, but the we still have one person, hi Stuart, um, who's on as our customer from that day and we've never we, we always keep you know, whenever you sign up, whatever rate you sign up at, that's that's your rate forever if you want it. So um, and we've increased the price and now it's $95 a year but um but the response was like i can't believe that's a thing like how is that real you got to be kidding me and i think the thing is, is that because i've been the technology guy inside you know these these uh hotel platforms and building some of these platforms i think i have a little bit of credit there to that it's not just a weird hoax but the the interesting thing was like i just think i think people had a hard time believing that that was the reality because there's so many, there's so many little weird scams that are out there that they say they're going to give you something in return for like your email address or whatever, or register. And they just, it just becomes a spam problem. And, and I understand that like, it's hard for, for me to say, Hey, come sign up and then you'll see the rates. And that's just not how the industry kind of generally works. Um, But that's how it actually does work. And it's worked this way for a long, long time. And, and, and that's, but because the public rates are the public rates and the the hotels and the online travel agencies have agreed that they're not going to undercut each other on those rates. That's why what you see is pretty much almost always the same rate, unless you are part of a group or signed into something. And then you'll get like the Priceline Gold membership or the Loyalty Club Mm -hmm. membership or whatever. So those are where you're going to get those discounts, but you can't get those discounts on the public market. And so the response in general at first was a lot of skepticism and that's why we built the social login piece. Cause we're like, okay, look, we don't really care. You like you log in however you want, log in through Google and then cut us off later. If you want to, you know, whatever, whatever, however you want to join, but we got to know who you are and then we'll show you the prices for free. And then when we built that social login, that's when it really turned around and everybody was like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And for mm. some funny reason, nobody cared that, they would give us their social login instead of a you know registering a new username and password, but Absolutely. it doesn't matter. <laughs> they worked, <laughs> so so it now people work. yeah yeah so now people will join. I love it. it I, I love, love just pushing the button and that's done. Yeah, yeah, and, and then, then we got it on the Lifehacker. hacker
0: kind of hard sometimes. Yeah,
1: right. And so and so when we started, we started right before COVID, which is unfortunate, uh, but we we got on Lifehacker and we had fifty thousand people hit our site in a day, and and so the response was pretty huge. We knew we had something at that point. Um, and so it was really just about making sure that we were able to deliver on that value um, that, that we promised. So.
0: Wow. That's a, that's amazing. Um, uh, just to see like how, how this could happen um, and just to see this niche and just to see this delivery. Like I'm sitting here like, oh man, now I'm, I want to travel. So now you launched this during COVID. Um, you got a ton of signups already. Um, Like, where does this go next? Like, tell us about the plans for the platform and just expansion. Where does it go next?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a constant evolution. Um, Like I said, we we do a lot of interviews with customers um, and and we really want to understand what are the things, what are the pain points they're experiencing, both within our platform and just kind of in the market in general. Um, So I think the next thing we're looking at doing is um, we have a, a bit of friction because our subscription is separate from the actual purchase of the hotels and we're going to eventually bundle those together. And so you can purchase it all at one time. Um, So that'll help. Um, But the, I think the bigger issues that people experience now, especially having gone through COVID are things like with these wholesale rates, some of the, the pieces of the puzzle that are difficult to understand is why, you know, people ask the question, why, why do a lot of the rates that we see on the platform not have cancellation policies or their cancellation policies aren't mm-hmm. great. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start building um, building into it insurance so that you can purchase the insurance piece of it too, and that will give you that cancelable rate in case something happens. So these are, unfortunately, the policies, we don't control the descriptions on the rooms or the imagery they give us or those kinds of things. That's all coming from the hotels, including their terms of service and their cancellation policies. So what we're going to try and do is, try and smooth that out a bit more and give people more options to um, to have some kind of uh, trust in the industry. And that's really what we're after because with trust, I mean, it really from my point of view, I looked at it and said way back in the day, like, why does this exist and why had I never seen this before? And then mm-hmm. I started distrusting the online travel agencies and other people. Like, why am I, why am I not getting this rate right when I could have booked it 10 years ago? And so mm-hmm. our whole avenue with this, our whole point of view is, We want to increase trust in the travel industry again, and that's why we don't take any money on the transaction. So we just say this is the rate; it is what it is. We take no money on it. Um, We don't take a commission or a margin, and we just, you know, let it book, and it's basically passes straight through to the provider of that of that room. And and so, from our point of view, we're trying to continue that process. That means like adding the insurance on there making the friction a lot less to be able to get to those places, you know, customer service, all of these kinds of things we're trying to make uh, a lot more trustworthy and a lot easier to use for the user's sake. And I come out of being the traveler. Like a lot of times when we make these decisions, we're asking these questions being travelers and saying, well, what would I want? And, and, and answering those questions, not only from our perspective, but from our customers as well and saying, well, this is what we would want. And that's why it's such a weird uh, revenue model and everybody who you know from a business perspective that are like venture mm-hmm. capitalists or angels that are like you are leaving so much money on the table and I'm like I know <laughs> and we're doing this uh, on purpose because I would want yeah. I would want that as a customer right and I think yeah that's,
0: that's the thing okay that's great I love it yeah. um, and and that yeah. should be I mean well whatever I'm not a venture capitalist and I'm sure many <laughs> have opinions the way I run my business but we leave money on the table too and it's okay like I'm I'm interested yeah. and speaking of. Speaking of spending some money, though, I was exploring your site and I see this picture. Need a staycation. Last-minute weekend hotel (laughs) steals. 40% 40% off for more, only four and five star hotels. Get a happy Friday email. Oh my gosh, this is going to get me in trouble. I'm signing up for this right now, actually. <laughs> Broomfield.com slash staycations. I'm signing up for this one, and I, now I can already tell. I'm going to get the itching for that email every Friday late, <laughs> and I'm probably going to spend more money. I'm not going to save money on this, because I'm going to spend more money, because now I'm going to know what the deal is, and that's how you guys get me. That's how you yeah. guys <laughs> It's true. Like, the actual. Ag- well, the ticket is going to be I spend more money, but I did save money on the front end. But that I'm going to take, I feel like, a few extra trips based off of this Friday email now.
1: Thanks, Nate. <laughs> My pleasure. My pleasure. I mean, really what we're trying to do is get people to travel more. And I I yeah. have a personal like thing about travel. I think it opens people's eyes, and I think it's worthwhile doing. And so if you get to go travel more, I think – it provides empathy for you and the people around you. It is good for the world and it is good for you personally and your and your family and the people you're around. So if you do that and you take half that money and you go spend it on some experience that's amazing, you know, provides value for the local economy and, you know, you get value out of it and you can, you know, expand that empathy beyond, hey, we've done our job and it's worth every dollar, Right. So. Awesome. So, Nate, um,
0: I could talk to you about this all day, but we're about out of time on this episode. If somebody wants to connect and learn more about RoomSteels and uh, to connect with you and your team, I mean, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, my emails are open, so nate at roomsteels.com, uh, or you can connect with me on Twitter, which is where I'm pretty active. Nate Ritter is my uh, handle there, and N-A-T-E-R-I-T-T-E-R. Uh, or you can just join uh, com. you can email me i mean i read every email every customer service email that comes in um i read everything and try and respond as best as possible so um, i'm an open book
0: fantastic and we'll put all those notes uh in the or uh, all that all those links and all that good stuff in the show notes so that people can just uh um. click on the link and head right on over. And uh, speaking of the audience, if this is your first time with mission matters or engaging on our platform, we're all about bringing on entrepreneurs, executives and experts and having them share why they do what they do, their mission and uh, what gets them motivated to get up every morning and to make a difference in, uh, in the world and in the marketplace. If that's the type of content that sounds interesting or fun or engaging to you, we definitely welcome you to hit that subscribe button because we have many more mission based, uh, individuals coming up on the line and we don't want you to miss a thing and uh, Nate really it has been a pleasure Um, thanks again for coming on the show
1: it's been really fun thanks so much Adam